Hi everybody, Carla here. Welcome back to another episode of Carla Reads the Classics. I'm so glad you tuned in. I have for you today a wonderful novel by Alice Walker called The Color Purple. And before I get started, I want to just give a disclaimer or a warning, if you will, that this novel is jam-packed with explicit themes, uh, themes of violence and uh, it's racially charged and it is also sexually explicit. So I felt it necessary to say this at the very beginning of the novel so that you can decide whether or not you really want to hear it and not be surprised because you didn't have a warning up front. So I think I've done my duty here. So it's a wonderful novel. I hope you will listen. If not, I most certainly understand. In any event, I give you Alice Walker's the color purple. Please stay tuned. You better not never tell nobody but God. I kill your mammy. Dear God, I am 14 years old. I am, I have always been a good girl. Maybe you can give me a sign letting me know what is happening to me. Last spring, after little Luscious come, I heard them fussing. He was pulling on her arm. She say, it too soon, Fonzo. I ain't well. Finally, he leave her alone. A week go by, he pulling on her arm again. She say, no, I ain't gonna. Can't you see I'm already half dead and all these children? She went to visit her sister, Dr. Overmakin. Left me to see after the others. He never had a kind word to say to me. Just say, you gonna do what your mammy wouldn't. First, he put his thing up against my hip and sort of wiggle it around. Then he grab hold my titties. Then he push his thing inside my pussy. When that hurt, I cry. He start to choke me saying, you better shut up and get used to it. But I don't never get used to it. And now I feel sick every time I be the one to cook. My mama, she fuss at me and, and look at me. She happy cause he good to her now, but too sick to last long. Dear God, my mama dead. She die screaming and cussing. She scream at me. She cuss at me. I'm big. I can't move fast enough. By the time I get back from the well, the water be warm. By the time I get the tray ready, the food be cold. By the time I get all the children ready for school, it be dinner time. He don't say nothing. He sat there by the bed holding her hand and crying, talking about, don't leave me, don't go. She asked me about the first one, whose is it? I say, God's. I don't know no other man or what else to say. When I start to hurt and then my stomach start moving and then that little baby come out my pussy chewing on its fist, you could have knocked me over with a feather. Don't nobody come see us. She got sicker and sicker. Finally, she asked, where is it? I say, God took it. He took it. He took it while I was sleeping. Killed it out there in the woods. Kill this one, too, if he can. Dear God, 
He act like he can't stand me no more. Say I'm evil and always up to no good. He took my other little baby, a boy this time, but I don't think he killed it. I think he sold it to a man and his wife over Monticello. I got breasts full of milk running down myself. He say, why don't you look decent? Put on something. But what I'm supposed to put on? I don't have nothing. I keep hoping he finds somebody to marry. I see him looking at my little sister. She's scared, but I say, I'll take care of you. With God help. Dear God, he come home with the girl from Round Gray. She be my age, but they married. He be on her all the time. She walk round like she don't know what hit her. I I think she thought she loved him, but he got so many of us all needing something. My little sister Nettie has got a boyfriend in the same shape almost as Pa. His wife died. She was killed by her boyfriend coming home from church. He got only three children, though. He's seen Nettie in church, and now every Sunday evening, here come Mister. I tell Nettie to keep at her books. It'd be more than a notion taking care of children that ain't even yourn. And look what happened to Ma. Dear God, he beat me today because he say I winked at a boy in church. I may have got something in my eye, but I didn't wink. I don't even look at men's. That's the truth. I look at women, though, because I'm not scared of them. Maybe because my mama cussed me, you, you think I kept mad at her, but I ain't. I felt sorry for mama, trying to believe his story killed her. Sometime he still be looking at Nettie, but I always get in his light. Now I tell her to marry mister. I, I don't tell her why. I say, marry him, Nettie, and try to have one good year out of your life. After that, I know she be big. But me, never again. A girl at church say you get big if you bleed every month. I don't bleed no more. Dear God, Mr. finally come right out and ask for Nettie hand in marriage. But he won't let her go. He say she too young, no experience. Say Mr. got too many children already. Plus, what about the scandal his wife caused when somebody killed her? And what about all this stuff he hear about Suge Avery? What about that? I asked our new mammy about Suge Avery. What is it? I asked. She don't know, but she says she gonna find out. She do more than that. She get a picture. The first one of a real person I ever seen. She say Mr was taking something out his billfold to show Pa, and it fell out and slid under the table. Suge Avery was a woman, the most beautiful woman I ever saw. She was more pretty than my mama. She about 10 times, 10,000 times more prettier than me. I see her there in furs, her face rouge, her hair like something, like something tail. She grinning with her foot up on, on somebody's motor car. Her eyes serious, though. Sad some. I asked her to give me the picture, and all night long I stare at it. And now when I dream, I dream of Suge Avery. She be dressed to kill, whirling and laughing. Dear God, 
I asked him to take me instead of Nettie while our new mammy's sick. But he just asked me what I'm talking about. I tell him I can fix myself up for him. I duck into my room and come out wearing horse hair, feathers, and, and a pair of new mammy high heel shoes. He beat me for dressing trampy, but he'd do it to me anyway. Mr. came that evening, and I'm in the bed crying. Nettie, she finally see the light of day, clear. Our new mammy, she see it too. She in her room crying. Nettie tend to the first one, then to the other. She's so scared, she go outdoors and vomit. But not out front, where the two men's is. Mister, say, well, sir, I sure, I sure hope you done change your mind. He say, no, can't say I is. Mister say, well, you know, my poor, my poor little one sure could use a mother. Well, he say, real slow, I can't let you have Nettie. She's too young. Don't know nothing but what you tell her. Sides, I want to get to, I want her to get some more schooling. Make a school teacher out of her. But I can let you have Seely. She the oldest anyway. She ought to marry first. She ain't fresh though, but I expect you know that. She's spoiled. Twice. But you don't need a fresh woman, no how. I get a fresh one in there myself, and she's sick all the time. He spit over the railing. The children get on her nerve. She not much of a cook, and she big already. Mister, he don't say nothing. I stop crying. I'm so surprised. She ugly, he say, but she ain't no stranger to hard work, and she clean, and God done fixed her. You can do everything just like you want to, and, and she ain't going to make you feed it or clothe at it. Mr. Still don't say nothing. I take out the picture of Shug Avery. I, I look into her eyes. Her eyes say, yeah, it bees that way sometime. Fact is, he say, I got to get rid of her. She too old to be living here at home, and she a bad influence on my other girls. She come home with her own linen. She can take that cow. She can raise down there back of the crib. But Nettie, you flat out can't have. Not now, not ever. Mr. Finally speak, clearing his throat. I ain't never really look at that one, he say. Well, next time you come, you can look at her. She ugly. Don't even look like she can to Nettie. But she'll make the better wife. She ain't smart either. And I'll just be fair. You have to watch her or she'll give away everything you own. But she can work like a man. Mr. Say... How old is she? He say, she near 20. And another thing, she tell lies. Dear God, it took him the whole spring from March to June to make up his mind to take me. All I thought about was Nettie, how she could come to me if I marry him and he'd be so love-struck with her, I'd figure out a way for us to run away. Us both be hitting Nettie's school books pretty hard because us know we got to be smart to get away. I know I'm not as pretty or as smart as Nettie, but she say I ain't dumb. The way you know who discover America, Nettie say, is think about cucumbers. That what Columbus sound like. 
I learned all about Columbus in first grade, but look like he the first thing I forgot. She say Columbus come here in boats called Neater, the Peter, and the Santa Marieter. Indian so nice to him, he forced a bunch of them back home with him to, to wait on the queen. But it hard to think with getting married to Mr. Hanging over my head. The first time I got Big Pa took, the first time I got Big Pa took me out of school, he never cared that I love it. Nettie stood there at the gate holding tight to my hand. I was all dressed for the first day. You too dumb to keep going to school, Pa said. Nettie the clever one in this bunch. But Pa, Nettie say crying, Celie's smart too. Even Miss Beasley say so. Nettie dote on Miss Beasley. Think nobody like her in the world. Pa say, whoever listened to anything Addie Beasley have to say, she run off at the mouth so much that no man would have her. That how come she have to teach school? He never look up from cleaning his gun. Pretty soon, a bunch of white mans come walking across the yard. They have guns, too. Pa get up and follow them. The rest of the week, I vomit and dress wild game. But Nettie never give up. Next thing I know, Miss Beasley at our house trying to talk to Pa. She say, long as she been a teacher, she never know nobody want to learn as bad as Nettie and me. But when Pa call me out and she see how tight my dress is, she stopped talking and go. Nettie still don't understand. I don't understand neither. All us notices, I'm all the time sick and fat. I feel bad sometime Nettie didn't pass me in learning, but look like nothing she say can get in my brain and stay. She try to tell me something about the ground not being flat. I just say, yeah, like I know it. I never tell her how flat it looked to me. Mr. come finally one day looking all drug out. The woman he had been helping done, done quit him. His mammy done said no more. He say, let me see her again. Pa called me. Seely, he say, like it wasn't nothing, Mr. want another look at you. I go stand in the door. The sun shine in my eyes. He's still up on his horse. He looked me up and down. Paul rattle his newspaper. Move up. He won't bite, he say. I go closer to the steps, but not too close because I'm a little scared of this horse. Turn round, Pa say. I turn round. One of my little brothers come up. I think it was luscious. He fat and playful all the time munching on something. He say, what you doing that for? Pa say, your sister thinking about marriage didn't mean nothing to him. He pulled my dress tail and asked, can he have some blackberry jam out the safe? I say, yeah. She good with children, Pa say, rattling his newspaper open more. Never heard her say a hard word to nary one of them. Just give them everything they asked for is the only problem. Mr. Say, that cow still coming? He say, her cow Dear God, I spend my wedding day running from the oldest boy. He 12. His mama died in his arms and he don't want to hear nothing about no new one. He pick up a rock and laid my head open. The blood run all down between my breasts. His daddy say, don't do that. 
but that's all he say. He got four children instead of three, two boys and two girls. The girl's hair ain't been combed since their mammy died. I tell him, I'll just have to shave it off, start fresh. He say bad luck to cut a woman's hair. So after I bandage my, my head best I could and cook dinner, they have a spring, not a well, and a wood stove look like a truck. I start trying to untangle her hair. They only six and eight, and they cry. They scream. They cuss me of murder. They accuse me of murder. By 10 o'clock, I'm done. They cry themselves to sleep, but I don't cry. I lay there thinking about Nettie while he on top of me. Wonder if she's safe. And then I think about Shug Avery. I know what he doing to me. He done to Shug Avery, and maybe she like it. I put my arm around him. Dear God, I was in town sitting on the wagon while Mr. was in the dry goods store. I seen my baby girl. I know it was her. She looked just like me and my daddy. Looked more to us than 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 us ourselves. She be tagging long behind a lady, and they be dressed just alike. They pass the wagon and I speak. The lady speak pleasant. My little girl, she look up and sort of frown. She fretting over something. She got my eyes just like they is today. Like everything I seen, she seen. And she pondering it. I think she mine. My heart says she mine. But I don't know she's mine. If she mine, her name Olivia. I embroider Olivia in the seat of all her deities. I embroider a lot of little stars and flowers, too. He took the deities when he took her. She was about two months old. Now she about six. I clam down from the wagon and I follow Olivia and her new mammy into a store. I watch her run and, and hand alongside the counter. Like she ain't interested in nothing. Her ma is buying cloth. She say, don't touch nothing. Olivia yawn. That real pretty, I say, and help her mama drape a piece of cloth close to her face. She smile. Gonna make me and my girl some new dresses, she say. Her daddy be so proud. Who her daddy? I blurt out. It like at last somebody knew. She say, mister, but that ain't my daddy name. Mister, I say. Who he? She looked like I asked something none of my business. The reverend, mister, she say, then turn her face to the clerk. He say, girl, you want that cloth or not? We got other customer sides, you. She say, yes, sir. I want five yards, please, sir. He snatched the cloth and thump it down the boat. He don't measure. When he think he got five yards, he tear it off. That'd be a dollar and 30 cents, he say. You need thread? She say, no, sir. He say, you can't sew without thread. He pick up a spool and hold it against the cloth. That look like it's about the right color, don't you think? She say, yes, sir. He start to whistle, take $2, give her a quarter back. He look at me. You want something, gal? I say, no, sir. I trail long behind them on the street. I don't have nothing to offer and I feels poor. She look up and down the street. He ain't here. He ain't here. She say like she gonna cry. Who ain't? I asked. The Reverend Mister, she say. He took the wagon. My husband wagon right here, I say. She clam up. 
I thank you kindly, she say. I sit looking at all the folks that's come to town. I never seen many at church. Some be dressed too. Some don't hit on much. Dust get all up the lady's dress. She asked me who was my husband. Now I know all about hers. She laugh a little. I say, mister. She say, sure enough, like she know all about him. Just don't, just didn't know he was married. He a fine looking man, she say. Not a finer looking one in the, in the, in the county. White or black, she say. He do look all right, I say. But I don't think about it while I say it. Most times men's look pretty much alike to me. How long you had your little girl? I asked. Oh, she be seven her next birthday. When that? I asked. She think back. Then she say, December. I think November. I say real easy. What you call her? She say, oh, we calls her Pauline. My heart knock. Then she frown. But I calls her Olivia. Why do you call her Olivia if that ain't her name? I asked. Well, just look at her. She say sort of impish, turning to look at the child. Don't she look like a Olivia to you? Look at her eyes, for God's sake. Somebody old would have eyes like that. So I call her Olivia. She chuckle. No, Olivia, she say, patting the child's hair. Well, here come the Reverend Mister, she say. I see a wagon and a great big man in black holding a whip. We sure do thank you for your hospitality. She laugh again. Look at the at the horses flicking flies off they rump. Horsepitality, she say. And I get it and laugh. I feel like to split my face. Mister, come out the store. Clam up in the wagon. Set down. Say real slow. What you sitting here laughing like a fool fur? Dear God, Nettie here with us. She run away from home. She say she hate to leave our stepma, but she had to get out. Maybe find help for the other little ones. The boys be all right, she say. They can stay out of his way. When they get big, they gonna fight him. Maybe kill, I say. How is it with you and mister? She asked, but she got eyes. He still like her. In the evening, he come out on the porch in his Sunday best. She be sitting there with me shelling peas or helping the children with they spelling, helping me with spelling and everything else she think I need to know. No matter what happened, Nettie steady try to teach me what go on in the world. And she a good teacher too. It nearly kill me to think she might marry somebody like mister or wind up in some white lady kitchen. All day she read, she study, she practice her handwriting and try to get us to think. Most days I feel too tired to think, but patient be her middle name. Mister, children all bright, but they mean. They say, Seely, I want this. Seely, I want that. Our mama, our mama let us have it. He don't say nothing. They try to get his tension. He hide behind a puff of smoke. Don't let them run over you, Nettie say. You gonna let them know who got the upper hand. They got it, I say. But she keep on. You got to fight. You got to fight. But I don't know how to fight. All I know how to do is stay alive. That's a real pretty dress you got on, he say to Nettie. She say, thank you. 
them shoes look just right. She say, thank you. Your skin, your hair, your teeths. Every day it's something else to make miration over. First she smile a little, then she frown. Then she don't look no special way at all. She just stick close to me. She tell me, your skin, your hair, your teeths. He try to give her a compliment. She pass it on to me. After a while, I get to feeling pretty cute. Soon he stopped. He say one night in bed, well, us done help Nettie all we can. Now she got to go. Where's she gonna go? I asked. I don't care. He say, I tell Nettie the next morning, instead of being mad, she glad to go. She say she hate to leave me is all. Us fall on each other neck when she say that. I sure hate to leave you here with these rotten children, she say, not to mention with mister. It's like seeing you buried, she say. It's worse than that, I think. If I was buried, I wouldn't have to work. But I just say, never mind, never mind, long as I can spell G-O-D, I got somebody along. But I only got one thing to give her, the name of Reverend Mister. I tell her to ask for his wife, that maybe she would help. She the only woman I even seen with money. I say, right. She say, what? I say, right. She say, nothing but death can keep me from it. She never write. G-O-D. Two of his sister come to visit. They dress all up. Celie, they say, one thing is for sure. You keep a clean house. It's it not nice to speak ill of the dead, one say, but the truth never can be ill. Annie Julia was nasty a woman about the house. She never want to be here in the first place, say the other. Where she want to be, I asked. At home, she say. Well, that's no excuse, say the first one. Her name, Carrie, after one name, Kate. When a woman marries, she's supposed to keep a decent house and a clean family. Why, wasn't nothing to come here in the wintertime and all these children have colds, they have flu, they, they have diarrhea, they have pneumonia, they have worms, they have the chill and fever, they hungry, they hair ain't cold, they too nasty to touch. I touch him, say Kate, and cook. She wouldn't cook. She act like she'd never been in the kitchen. She had never seen his. Was a scandal, say Carrie. He sure was, say Katie. What you mean, say Carrie. I mean, he just brought her here, dropped her, and kept right on running after Suge Avery. That what I mean. Nobody to talk to, nobody to visit. He be gone for days. Then she start having babies and she young and pretty. Not so pretty, say Carrie, looking in the looking glass. Just that head of hair. She too black. Well, brother must like black. Suge Avery black as my shoe. Suge Avery, Suge Avery, Carrie say. I'm sick of her. Somebody say she going around trying to sing. <laughs> what she, what she got to sing about? Say she was wearing dresses all up her leg and headpieces with little balls and tassels hanging down. Looked like window dressing. My ears perk up when they mention Suge Avery. I feel like I want to talk. I want to talk about her my own self. They hush. I'm sick of her too, say Katie, letting out her breath. And you right about Celie here. 
good housekeeper, good with children, good cook. Brother couldn't have done better if he tried. I think about how he tried. This time, Katie come by herself. She may be 25. Old maid, she look younger than me. Healthy, eyes bright, tongue sharp. Buy Seely some clothes, he say to mister. She need clothes, he asked. Well, look at her. He look at me. It's like he looking at the earth. It needs something, his eyes say. She go with me to the store. I think what color Suge Avery would wear. She like a queen to me, so I say to Kate, something purple, maybe a little red in it too. But us look and look and no purple. Plenty red, but she say, no, he won't want to pay for red. Too happy looking. We got choice of brown, maroon, or navy blue. I say blue. I can't remember being the first one in my own dress. Now have to have one made just for me. I try to tell Kate what it mean. I get hot in the face and stutter. She say, it's all right, Seely. You deserve more than this. Maybe so, I think. Harpo, she say. Harpo, the oldest boy. Harpo, don't let Seely be the one bring in all the water. You a big boy now. Time for you to help out some. Women work, he say. What? She say. Women work. I'm a man. You're a trifling nigger, she say. You get that bucket and bring it back full. He cut his eyes at me, stumble out. I hear him mutter something to mister sitting on the porch. Mister calls his sister. She stay out on the porch talking a little while. Then she come back in, shaking. Go to Seeley, she say. She's so mad, tears be flying every which way while she pack. You got to fight them, Seeley, she say. I can't do it for you. You got to fight them for yourself. I don't say nothing. I think about Nettie, dead. She fight, she run away. What good it do? I don't fight. I stay where I'm told, but I'm alive. Dear God, Harpo asked his daddy why he beat me. Mr. Say, cause she my wife. Plus, she's stubborn. All women good for. He don't finish. He just tuck his chin over the paper like he do. Remind me of Pa. Harpo asked me, how come you stubborn? He don't ask, how come you his wife? Nobody asked that. I say, just born that way, I reckon. He beat me like he beat the children. Except he don't never hardly beat them. He say, Seely, get the belt. The children be outside the room peeking through the cracks. It's all I can do not to cry. I make myself wood. I say to myself, Seely, you a tree. That's how come I, I know trees fear man. Harpo say, I love somebody. I say, huh? He say, a girl. I say, you do? He say, yeah, us plan to marry. Marry, I say, you not old enough to marry. I is, he say. I'm 17, she 15, old enough. What her mama say, I asked. Ain't talked to her mama. What her daddy say, ain't talked to him neither. Well, what she say? I say never spoke. 
He duck his head. He ain't so bad looking, tall and skinny, black like his mama, with great big bug eyes. Where y'all see each other? I asked. I see her in church, he say. She see me outdoors. She like you? I don't know. I wink at her. She act like she's scared to look. Where her daddy at while all this going on? Amen, corner, he say. Dear God, Suge Avery is coming to town. She coming with her orchestra. She going to sing in the Lucky Star out on Coleman Road. Mister going to hear her. He dress all up in front of the glass, looking at himself, then undress and dress all over again. He slick back his hair with pomade, then wash it all out again. He been spitting on his shoes and hitting it with a quick rag. He tell me, wash this, iron that, look for this, look for that, find this, find that. He groan over holes in his sock. I move round darning and ironing and finding hangsters. Anything happening? I asked. What you mean? He say, like he mad, just trying to get some of the hick farmer off myself. Any other woman be glad. I'm as glad, I say. What you mean? He asked. You looks nice, I say. Any woman be proud. You think so? He say. First time he asked me, I'm so surprised by time I say, yeah, he out on the porch trying to shave where the light better. I walk round all day with the announcement burning a hole in my pocket. It pink. The trees between the turnoff to our road and the store is lit up with them. He got about five dozen in his trunk. Shug Avery, standing upside a piano, elbow crook, hands on her hip. She wearing a hat like Indian chiefs. Her mouth is, is open, showing all her teeth, and don't nothing seem to be troubling her mind. Come one, come all, it say. The queen honeybee is back in town. Lord, I wants to go so bad. Not to dance, not to drink, not to play card, not even to hear Shug Avery sing. I just be thankful to lay my eyes on her. Dear God, Mr. Be Gone all night Saturday, all night Sunday, and all day Monday. Shug Avery in town for the weekend. He stagger in, throw himself on the bed. He tired, he sad, he weak, he cry. Then he sleep the rest of the day and all night. He wake up while I'm in the field. I've been chopping cotton three hours by the time he come. Us don't say nothing to each other, but I got a million questions to ask. What's she wear? Is she still the same old Suge like in my picture? How her hair is? What kind of lipstick? Wig? She stout? She skinny? She sound well? Tired? Sick? Where you all children at while, while she's singing all over the place? Do she miss them? Questions be running back and forth through my mind. Feel like snakes. I pray for strength bite the inside of my jaws. Mister pick up a hoe and start to chop. He chop about three chops, then he don't chop again. He drop the hoe in the furrow, turn right back on his heel, walk back to the house, go get him a cool drink of water, get his pipe, sit on the porch and stare. I follow because I think he's sick. Then he say, you better get back on the field. Don't wait for me. Dear God, Harpo no better at fighting than his daddy back than me. Every day his daddy get up, sit on the porch, look out at nothing, 
Sometimes look at the trees out front of the house. Look at a butterfly if it light on the rail. Drink a little water in the day, a little wine in the evening, but mostly never move. Harpo complained about all the plowing he have to do. His daddy say, you gonna do it. Harpo nearly big as his daddy. He's strong in body, but weak in will. He's scared. Me and him out in the field all day. A sweat chopping and plowing. I'm roasted coffee being color now. He black as the inside of a chimney. His eyes be sad and thoughtful. His face began to look like a woman face. Why don't you work no more? He asked his daddy. No reason for me to, his daddy say. You here, ain't you? He say this nasty. Harpo's feelings be hurt. Plus, he's still in love. Dear God, Harpo girl daddy say Harpo not good enough for her. Harpo been courting the girl a while. He say, he say he sit in the parlor with her. The daddy sit right there in the corner till everybody feel terrible. Then he go sit on the porch in front of the open door where he can hear everything. Nine o'clock come, he bring Harpo his hat. Why, why I'm not good enough? Harpo asked mister. Mister say, your mammy. Harpo say, what wrong with my mammy? Mister say, somebody kill her. Harpo be trouble with nightmares. He see his mama running across the pasture trying to get home. Mister, the man they say her boyfriend, catch up with her. She got Harpo by the hand. They both running and running. He grab hold of her shoulder, say, you can't quit me now, you mine. She say, no, I ain't. My place is with my children. He say, whore, you ain't got no place. He shoot her in the stomach. She fall down. The man run. Harpo grab her in his arms, put her head in his lap. He start to call, Mama, Mama. It wake me up. The other children, too, they cry like they mama just die. Harpo come too, shaken. I light the lamp and stand over him, patting his back. It not her fault somebody kill her, he say. It not, it not. No, I say, it not. Everybody say how good I is to Mr. Children. I be good to them, but I don't feel nothing for them. Patting Harpo back, not even like patting a dog. It more like patting another piece of wood. Not a living tree, but a table, a shipper robe. Anyhow, they don't love me neither, no matter how good I is. They don't mind. Except for Harpo, they don't. they won't work. The girl's face always to the road. Bub be out all times of night drinking with the boys twice his age. They daddy puff on his pipe. Harpo tell me all his love business now. His mind on Sophia Butler day and night. She pretty, he tell me. Bright. Smart? No, bright skin. She smart too, though, I think. Sometime us can get her away from her daddy. I know right then the next thing I hear, she be big. If she's so smart, how come she big? I asked. Harpo shrug. He can't get out the house no other way. He, he say, mister won't let us marry. Say I'm not good enough to come in his parlor. But if she big, I got a right to be with her. Good enough or no. Where y'all gonna stay? They got a big place, he say. When us marry, I'll just be like one of the family. 
I say, mister didn't like you before she big. He ain't going to like you cause she big. Harpo looked troubled. Talk to mister, I say. He your daddy. Maybe he got some good advice. Maybe not, I think. Harpo bring her over to meet his daddy. Mister say he want to have a look at her. I see him coming way off to the top of the road. They just be marching hand in hand like going to war. She in front a little. They come up on the porch. I, I speaks and move some chairs closer to the railing. She sit down and start to fan herself with a hangster. Sure is hot, she say. Mister don't say nothing. He just look her up and down. She about seven or eight months pregnant, about to bust out of her dress. Harpo so black, he thinks she bright, but she ain't that bright. Clear medium brown skin, gleam on it like on good furniture. Hair knotty, but a lot of it tied up on her head and a mass of plaits. She not quite as tall as Harpo, but much bigger and strong and ruddy looking, like her mama brought her up on pork. She say, how you, mister? He don't answer the question. He say, look like you done got yourself in trouble. No, sir, she say. I ain't in no trouble. Big, though. She smoothed the wrinkles over her stomach with the flats of her hands. Who the father? He asked. She looked surprised. Harpo, she say. How he know that? He know, she say. Young women's no good these days, he say. Got they legs open to every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Harpo look at his daddy like he never seen him before, but he don't say nothing. Mister say, no need to think I'm going to let my boy marry you just because you in the family way. He young and limited. Pretty gal like you could put anything over on him. Harpo still don't say nothing. Sophia's face get more ruddy. The skin moved back on her forehead, her ears raised. But she laughed. She glanced at Harpo sitting there with his head down and his hands between his knees. She say, what I need to marry Harpo for? He's still living here with you. What food and clothes he get you buy? He say, your daddy done throwed you out, ready to live in the street, I guess. She say, no, I ain't living on the street. I'm living with my sister and her husband. They say I can live with them for the rest of my life. She stand up big and strong, healthy girl, and she say, well, nice visiting. I'm going home. Harpo get up to come too. She say, no, Harpo, you stay here. When you free, me and the baby be waiting. He sort of hang there between them a while. Then he sit down again. I look at her face real quick then and seem like a shadow go across it. Then she say to me, Mrs., I thank you for a glass of water before I go, if you don't mind. The bucket on the shelf right there on the porch. I get a clean glass out the safe and dip her up some water. She drink it down almost in one swallow. Then she run her hands over her belly again and she take off. Look like the army changed direction and she heading off to catch up. Harpo never get up from his chair. Him and his daddy sit there and sit there and sit there. They never talk. They never move. Finally, I have supper and go to bed. I get up in the morning. It feel like they still sitting there. But Harpo be in the outhouse. Mister be shaven. Dear God, Harpo went and, and brought Sophia and the baby home. 
They got married in Sophia's sister house. Sister's husband stand up with Harpo. Other sister sneak away from home to stand with Sophia. Another sister come to hold the baby. Say he cry right through the service. His mama stop everything to nurse him. Finish saying I do with a big old nursing boy in her arms. Harpo fix up the little creek house for him and his family. Mr. Daddy used it for a shed, but it's sound. Got windows now, a porch, back door. Plus it cool and green down by the creek. He asked me to make some curtains and I make some out of a flower sack. It not big, but it homey. Got a bed, dresser, a looking glass and some chairs. Cook stove for cooking and heating too. Harpo daddy give him wages for working now. He say Harpo wasn't working hard like he should. Maybe a little money goose his interest. Harpo told me, Miss Seely, I'm going on strike. On what? I ain't going to work. And he don't. He come to the field, pull two ears of corn, let the birds and weevil eat 200. Us don't make nothing much this year. But now Sophia coming. He always busy. He chop, he hammer, he plow. He sing and whistle. Sophia look half her size, but she's still a big, strong girl. Arms got muscle, legs too. She swing that baby about like it's nothing. She got a little pot on her now, give you the feeling she's all there. Solid, like if she sit down on something, it'd be mash. She tell Harpo, hold the baby while she come back in the house with me to get some thread. She making some sheets. He take the baby, give it a kiss, chuck it under the chin, grin, look up on the porch at his daddy. Mister, blow smoke, look down at him and say, yeah, I see now she going to switch the traces on you. Dear God, Harpo want to know what to do to make Sophia mind. He sit out on the porch with mister. He say, I tell her one thing, she do another. Never do what I say. Always back talk. To tell the truth, he sound a little proud of this to me. Mister, don't say nothing. Blow smoke. I tell her she can't be all the time going to visit her sister. Us married now, I tell her. Your place is here with the children. She say, I'll take the children with me. I say, your place is with me. She say, you want to come? She keep primping in front of the glass, getting the children ready at the same time. You ever hit her? Mr. asked. Harpo looked down at his hands. No, sir. He say low, embarrassed. Well, how do you expect to make her mind? Wives is like children. You got to let them know who's got the upper hand. Nothing can do that better than a good sound beating. He pull on his pipe. Sophia think too much of herself anyway, he say. She need to be taken down a peg. I like Sophia, but she don't act like me at all. If she talking with Harpo and Mr. come in the room, she keep right on. If they asked her where something at, she say she don't know and keep talking. I think about this when Harpo asked me what he ought to do to make her mind. I don't mention how happy he is now, how three years pass and he still whistle and sing. I think about how every time I jump when Mr. call me, she looks surprised and like she pity me. Beat her, I say. Next time I see Harpo, his face a mess of bruises, his lip cut, one of his eyes shut like a fist. He walks stiff and say his teeth ache. I say, what happened to you, Harpo? 
he say, oh, me and that mule, she fractious, you know. She went crazy in the field the other day. By the time I got her to head for home, I was all banged up. Then when I got home, I walked smack dab into the crib door, hit my eye and scratched my chin. Then when that storm come up last night, I shut the window down on my hand. Well, I say, after all that, I don't expect you had chance to see if you could make Sophia mind. No, he say, but he keep trying. Dear God, just when I was about to call out that I was coming into the yard, I hear something crash. It come from inside the house, so I run up on the porch. The two children be making mud pies on the edge of the creek. They don't even look up. I open the door, cautious, thinking about robbers and murderers, horse thieves and hates. But it Harpo and Sophia, they fighting like two men's. Every piece of furniture they got is turned over. Every plate look like it broke. The looking glass hang crooked, the curtains torn. The bed look like the stuffing pulled out. They don't notice, they fight. He try to slap her. What'd he do that for? She reached down and grab a piece of stove wood and whack him across the eyes. He punch her in the stomach. She double over groaning, but come up with both hands locked right under his privates. He roll on the floor. He grab her dress tail and pull. She stand there in her slip. She never blink an eye. He jump up to put a hammer lock under her chin. She throw him over her back. He fall bam up against the stove. I don't know how long this been going on. I don't know when they expect to conclude. I ease on back out, wave to the children by the creek, walk back on up home. Saturday morning early, us hear the wagon. Harpo, Sophia, the two babies be going off for the weekend to visit Sophia's sister. Dear God, for over a month, I have trouble sleeping. I stay up late as I can before Mr. Start complaining about the price of kerosene. Then I soak myself in warm bath with milk and Epsom salts, then sprinkle little witch hazel on my pillow and curtain out all the moonlight. Sometimes I get few hours sleep. Then, just when it looked like it ought to be getting good, I wakes up. At first I'd get up quick and drink some milk, then I'd think about counting the fence posts. Then I think about reading the Bible. What is it? I asked myself. A little voice say, something you done wrong, somebody's spirit you sin against, maybe. Way late one night, it come to me. Sophia, I sin against Sophia's spirit. I pray she don't find out, but she do. Harpo told the minute she hear it, she come marching up the path, toting a sack, little cut all blue and red under her eye. She say, just want you to know, I look to you for help. Ain't I been helpful? I asked. She opened up her sack. Here your curtains, she say. Here your thread. Here a dollar for letting me use them. They yawn, I say, trying to push them back. I'm, I'm glad to help out. Do what I can. You told Harpo to beat me, she said. No, I didn't. I said, don't lie, she said. I didn't mean it, I said. Then what you say it for, she asked. She's standing there looking at me straight in the eye. She looked tired and her jaws full of air. I say it because I'm a fool, I say. I say it because I'm jealous of you. I say it because you do what I can't. What that, 
she say. Fight, I say. She stand there a long time, like what I said took the wind out of her jaws. She mad before, sad now. She say, all my life I had to fight. I had to fight my daddy. I had to fight my brothers. I had to fight my cousins and my uncles. A girl ain't safe in a family of men, but I never thought I'd have to fight in my own house. She let out her breath. I loves Harpo. She say, God knows I do, but I'll kill him dead before I let him beat me. Now, if you want a dead son-in-law, you just keep on advising him like you doing. She put her hands on her hip. I used to hunt game with a bow and arrow, she say. I stopped a little trembling that, that started when I saw her coming. I'm so ashamed of myself, I say. And the Lord, he done whip me a little bit too. The Lord don't like ugly, she say. And he ain't stuck on pretty. This opened the way for our little talk to turn another way. I say, you feel sorry for me, don't you? She think a minute. Yes, ma'am, she say slow. I do. I think I know how come, but I asked her. I asked her anyhow. She say, to tell the truth, you remind me of my mama. She under my daddy thumb. No, she under my daddy foot. Anything he say goes. She never say nothing back. She never stand up for herself. Try to make a little half stand sometime for the children, but she always, but that always backfire. More she stand up for us, the harder time he give her. He hate children and he hate where they come from. Though all, though from all the children he got, you, you never know it. I never know nothing about her family. I thought, looking at her, nobody in her family could be scared. How many he got? I asked. Twelve, she say. Phew, I say. My daddy got six by my mama before she died, I say. He got four more by the wife he got now. I don't mention the two he got by me. How many girls? She asked. Five, I say. How about in your family? Six boys, six girls, all the girls big and strong like me. Boys big and strong too, but all the girls stick together. Two brothers stick with us too sometime. Us get in a fight. It's a sight to see. I ain't never struck a living thing, I say. Oh, when I was at home, I tapped the little ones on the behind to make them behave, but not hard enough to hurt. What you do when you get mad, she asked. I think I can't even remember the last time I felt mad. I say, I used to get mad at my mammy because she put a lot of work on me. Then I see how sick she is. Couldn't stay mad at her. Couldn't be mad at my daddy because he my daddy. Bible say, honor father and mother no matter what. Then after a while, every time I got mad or start to feel mad, I got sick. Felt like throwing up. Terrible feeling. Then I start to feel nothing at all. Sophia frowned. Nothing at all? Well, sometime, mister, get on me pretty hard. I have to talk to old maker, but he my husband. I shrug my shoulders. This life soon be over, I say. Heaven lasts always. You ought to bash Mr. Head open, she say. Think about heaven later. Not much funny to me. That funny, I laugh. She laughed. Then both us laughed so hard and flopped down on the step. Let's make quilt pieces out of these messed up curtains, she say. And I run, get my pattern book. I sleeps like a baby now. Dear God, 
She look Avery sick and nobody in this town want to take the queen honeybee in. Her mammy say she told her so. Her pappy say, tramp. A woman at church say she died, maybe tuberculosis or some kind of nasty woman disease. What? I want to ask, but don't. The women at church sometimes nice to me, sometimes not. They look at me there struggling with Mr. Children, trying to drag them to the church, trying to keep them quiet after us get there. They say some of the same ones used to be here both times I was big. Sometimes they think I don't notice. They stare at me. Puzzle. I keep my head up best I can. I do a right smart thing for the preacher. Clean the floor and windows, make the wine, wash the altar linen, make sure there's wood for the stove in the wintertime. He called me Sister Seely. Sister Seely, I say, he say, you faithful as the day is long. Then he talked to the other ladies and they mends. I scurry about doing this, doing that. Mister sit back by the door, gazing here and there. The women smile in his direction every chance they get. He never look at me or even notice. Even the preacher got his mouth on Suge Avery. Now she down. He take her condition for his text. He don't call no name, but he don't have to. Everybody know who he mean. He talk about a strumpet in short skirts, smoking cigarettes, drinking gin, singing for money and taking other women men's. Talk about slut, hussy, heifer, and street cleaner. I cut my eyes back at mister when he say that. Street cleaner. Somebody got to stand up for Suge, I think, but he don't say nothing. He cross his legs first to one side, then, then to the other. He gaze out the window. The same women smile at him, say amen against Suge. But once us home, he never stopped to take off his clothes. He called down to Harpo and Sophia house. Harpo come running. Hitch up the wagon, he say. Where is going, say Harpo. Hitch up the wagon, he say again. Harpo hitch up the wagon. They stand there and talk for a few minutes out by the barn. Then Mr. Drive off. One good thing about the way he never do any work around the place, us never miss him when he gone. Five days later, I look way off up the road and I see the wagon coming back. I got sort of a, it got sort of a canopy over it now made out of old blankets or something. My heart began to beat like, like a furry and the first thing I try to do is change my dress, but too late for that. By the time I get my head and arm out the old dress, I see the wagon pull up in the yard. Plus, a new dress won't help none. With my knotty head and dusty head rag, my old everyday shoes and the way I smell, I don't know what to do. I'm so beside myself. I stand there in the middle of the kitchen, mind whirling. I feels like, who would have thought? Seely, I hear Mr. Call. Harpo? I stick my head and arm back in my old dress and wipe the sweat off, wipe the sweat and dirt off my face as best I can. I come to the door. Yes, sir, I asked and trip over the broom I was sweeping with when I first noticed the wagon. Harpo and Sophia in the yard now, looking inside the wagon, they faces grim. Who this? Harpo asked. The woman should have been your mammy, he say. Shug Avery? Harpo asked. He look up at me. Help me get her in the house, mister say. I think my heart gonna fly out my mouth when I see one of her foots come poking out. 
She not lying down, she climbing down tween Harpo and Mister, and she dressed to kill. She got on a red wool dress and chest full of black of black beads, a shiny black hat with that looked like chicken hawk feathers curved down one side of her cheek, and she carrying a little snakeskin bag match her shoes. She looked so stylish, it like trees all around the house drew themselves up tall for a better look. Now I see she stumbled between the two men. She don't seem that well acquainted with her feats. Close up, I see all this yellow powder caked up on her face, red rouge. She look like she ain't long for this world, but dressed well for the next. But I know better. Come on in. I want to cry to shout, come on in. With God help, Seely go make you well. But I don't say nothing. It's not my house. Also, I ain't been told nothing. They get halfway up the step. Mr. Look up at me. Seely, he say, this here Shug Avery, old friend of the family, fix up the spare room. Then he looked down at her, hold her in one arm, hold on to the rail with the other. Harpo on the other side, looking sad. Sophia and the children in the yard. I don't move at once because I can't. I need to see her eyes. I feel like once I see her eyes, my feet can let go the spot where they stuck. Get moving, he say sharp. And then she look up. Under all that powder, her face black as Harpo. She got a long pointed nose and a big fleshy mouth. Lips look like black plum. Eyes big, glossy, feverish, and mean. Like sick as she is, if a snake cross her path, she kill it. She looked me over from head to foot. Then she cackled, sound like a death rattle. You sure is ugly, she say, like she ain't believed it. Dear God, ain't nothing wrong with Shug Avery. She just sick, sicker than anybody I ever seen. She's sicker than my mama was when she died. But she more evil than my mama, that keep her alive. Mr. B in the room with her all time of the night or day. He don't hold her hand, though. She too evil for that. Turn loose my goddamn hand, she say to Mr. What the matter with you? You crazy? I don't need no weak little boy. Can't say no to his daddy hanging on to me. I need a man, she say. A man. She look at him and roll her eyes and laugh. It not much of a laugh, but it keep him away from the bed. He sit over in the corner, away from the lamp. Sometimes she wake up in the night and don't even see, but he there, sitting in the shadows, chewing on his pipe, no tobacco in it. First thing she said, I don't want to smell no stinking blankety-blank pipe. You hear me, Albert? Who Albert, I wonder. Then I remember Albert Mr. first name. Mr. don't smoke, don't drink, don't even hardly eat. He just got her in that little room watching every breath. What happened to her? I asked. You don't want her here, just say so, he say. Won't do no good, but if that the way you feel, he don't finish. I want her here, I say too quick. He look at me like maybe I'm planning something bad. I just want to know what happened, I say. I look at his face, it tired and sad, and I notice his chin weak not much chin there at all. I have more chin, I think, and his clothes dirty, dirty. When he pulls them off, dust rise. Nobody fight for sure, he say, and a little water come to his eyes. 
Dear God, they may have made three babies together, but he's squeamish about giving her a bath. Maybe he figure he start thinking about things he shouldn't. But what about me? First time I got the full sight of Suge Avery, long black body with the black plum nipples, looked like her mouth, I thought I had turned into a man. What you staring at? She asked, hateful. She weak as a kitten, but her mouth just packed with claws. You never seen a naked woman before? No, ma'am, I said. I never did, except for Sophia, and she's so plump and ruddy and crazy, she feel like my sister. She say, well, take a good look, even if I is just a bag of bones now. She have the nerve to put one hand on her naked hip and bat her eyes at me. Then she suck her teeth and roll her eyes at the ceiling while I wash her. I wash her body. It feel like I'm praying. My hands tremble and my breath's short. She say, you ever have any kids? I say, yes, ma'am. She say, how many? And don't say yes, ma'am to me. I ain't that old. I say, two. She asked me where they is. I say, I don't know. She look at me funny. My kids with a grandma, she say. She could stand the kids. I had to go. You miss them? I asked. No, she say, I don't miss nothing. Dear God, I asked Suge Avery what she want for breakfast. She say, what y'all got? I say, ham, grits, eggs, biscuits, coffee, sweet milk or buttermilk, flapjacks, jelly, jam. She say, is that all? What, what about orange juice, grapefruit, strawberries, and cream? Tea. Then she laughed. I don't want none of your damn food, she say. Just give me a cup of coffee and hand me my cigarettes. I don't argue. I get the coffee and light her cigarette. She wearing a long white gown and her thin black hand stretching out of it to hold the white cigarette looks just right. Something about it. Maybe the little tender veins I see and the big ones. I try not to make me scared. I feel like something pushing me forward. If I don't watch out, I'll have hold of her hand, tasting her fingers in my mouth. Can I sit in here and eat with you? I asked. She shrugged. She busy looking at a magazine, white women in it, laughing, holding they holding they beads out on one finger, dancing on top on top of motor cars, jumping into fountains. She flipped the pages, looked dissatisfied, remind me of a child trying to get something out of a toy. It it, it can't work yet. She drink her coffee, put on her cigarette, puff on her cigarette. I bite into a big juicy piece of home cured ham. You can smell this ham for a mile when you're cooking it. It perfume up her little room with no trouble at all. I lavish butter on a hot biscuit, sort of wave it about. I, I sop up ham gravy and splash my eggs in with my grits. She blow more and more smoke. Look down in her coffee like maybe it's something solid at the bottom. Finally, she say, Seely, I believe I could drink a glass of water, and this here by the bed ain't fresh. She hold out her glass. I, I put my plate down on the card table by the bed. I go dip her up some water. I come back, pick up my plate, look like a little mouse been nibbling the biscuit. A rat run off with the ham. She act like nothing happened, began to complain about being tired doze off to sleep. Mr. asked me how I get her to eat. I say, 
Nobody living can stand to smell home-cured ham without tasting it. If they did, they got a chance. Maybe. Mr. Laugh, I noticed something crazy in his eyes. I've been scared, he say. Scared. And he cover up his eyes with his hands. Dear God, Suge Avery sit up in the bed a little today. I wash and comb out her hair. She got the naughtiest, shortiest, kinkiest hair I ever saw. And I loves every strand of it. The hair that come out in my comb, I kept. Maybe one day I'll get a net. Make me a rat to pump up my own hair. I work on her like she a doll or like she Olivia or like my mama. I comb and pat, comb and pat. First she say, hurry up and get finished. Then she melt down a little and lean back against my knees. That feel just right, she say. That feel like mama used to do it. Or, or maybe not mama, maybe grandma. She reach for another cigarette. Start hum a little tune. What that song, I asked. Sound low and dirty to me. Like what the preacher tell you it's sin to hear, not to mention sing. She hum a little more. Something come to me, she say. Something I made up. Something you help scratch out of my head. Dear God, Mr. Daddy show up this evening. He a little short, shrunk up man with a bald head and gold spectacles. He clear his throat a lot, like everything he say need announcement. Talk with his head linked to one side. He come right to the point. Just couldn't rest till you got her in your house, could you? He say, coming up the step. Mister, don't say nothing. Look out across the railing, at the trees, over the top of the well. Eyes rest on top of Harpo and Sophia house. Won't you have a seat? I asked, pushing him up a chair. How about a cool drink of water? Through the window, I hear Suge humming and humming, practicing her little song. I sneak back to her room and shut the window. Oh, mister, say to mister, just what is it about this Suge Avery anyway, he say. She black as tar, she nappy-headed, she got legs like baseball bats. Mister, don't say nothing. I drop a little spit in old mister water. Why, say old mister, she ain't even clean. I hear she got the nasty woman disease. I twirl the spit round with my finger. I think about ground glass, wonder how you grind it. But I don't feel mad at all, just interest. Mr. Turn his head slow, watch his daddy drink. Then say, real sad, you ain't got it in you to understand. He say, I love Suge Avery, always have, always will. I should have married her when I had the chance. Yeah, say old mister, and throwed your life away. Mr. Grunt right there, and a right smart of my money with it. Oh, Mr. Clear his throat. Nobody even sure exactly who her daddy is. I never care who her daddy is, say Mr. And her mammy take in white people dirty clothes to this day. Plus all her children got different daddies. It all just too trifling and confused. Well, say Mr. And turn full face on his daddy. All Suge Avery children got the same daddy. I vouch for that. Old Mr. Clear his throat. Well, this my house, this my land. Your boy Harpo in one of my houses on my land. Weeds come up on my land. I chop em up. Trash blow over it. I burn it. He rise to go. Hand me his glass. Next time he come, I put a little Suge Avery pea in his glass. See how he liked that. Seely, 
he say, you have my sympathy. Not many women let their husband whore lay up in their house. But he not saying this to me. He saying it to mister. Mister look up at me. Our eyes meet. This the closest us ever felt. He say, hand paw his hat, Seely. And I do. Mister don't move from his chair by the railing. I stand in the door. Us watch old mister begin harumping and harumping down the road home. Next one come to visit his brother Tobias. He real fat and tall, like look like a big yellow bear. Mister small like his daddy, his brother stand way taller. Where she at? He asked, grinning. Where the queen honeybee? Got something for her, he say. He put a little box of chocolate on the railing. She's sleeping. I say, didn't sleep much last night. How you doing there, Albert? He say, dragging up a chair. He run his hand over his slicked back hair and try to feel as if there's a bugger, a bugger in his nose. Wipe his hand on his pants, shake out the crease. I just heard Chill Gabriel was here. He say, how long you had her? Oh, say Mr. Couple of months. Hell, say Tobias, I heard she was dying. That goes to show, don't it, that you can't believe everything you hear. He smoothed down his mustache, run his tongue out the corners of his lips. What you no good, Miss Seeley? He say. Not much, I say. Me and Sophia piecing together a quilt. I got about five square pieces spread out on the table by my knee. My basket full of scraps on the floor. Always busy, always busy, he say. I wish Margaret was more like you. Save me a bundle of money. Tobias and his daddy always talk about money like they still got a lot. Old mister been selling off the place so that nothing much left but the houses and the fields. Mayan, Mayan and Harpo fields bring in more money than anybody. I piece on my square, look at the colors of the cloth. Then I hear Tobias' chair fall back and he say, Shug, Shug halfway tween sick and well, halfway tween good and evil too. Most days now she show me and mister her good side, but evil all over her today. She smile like a razor opening, say, well, well, look who's here today. She wearing a little flowery shift I made for her and nothing else. She looked about 10 with her hair all corn road. She's skinny as a bean and her face full of her eyes. Me and mister both look up at her, both move to help her sit down. She don't look at him. She pull up a chair next to me. She pick up random, she pick up a random piece of cloth out of the basket, hold it up to the light, frown. How you sew this damn thing? She say. I hand her the square I'm working on. Start another one. She so long, she so long cricket stitches remind me of that little cricket tune she sing. That real good for a first try, I say that just fine and dandy. She look at me and snort. Everything I do is fine and dandy with you, Miss Seeley, she say. But that's cause you ain't got good sense. She laugh. I duck my head. She got a heap more than Margaret, say Tobias. Margaret, take that needle and, and sew your nostrils together. All women's not alike, Tobias, she say. Believe it or not. Oh, I believe it, he say. Just can't prove it to the world. First time I think about the world, what the world got to do with anything, I think. Then I see myself sitting there quilting between Suge, Avery, and Mister. 
us three set together against Tobias and, and his fly speck box of chocolate. For the first time in my life, I feel just right. Dear God, me and Sophia work on the quilt, got it framed up on the porch. Shug Avery donate her old yellow dress for scrap, and I work in a piece every chance I get. It a nice pattern called Sister's Choice. If the quilt turn out perfect, maybe I give it to her. If it not perfect, maybe I keep. I want it for myself, just for the little yellow pieces. Look like stars, but not. Mr. and Shug walk up the road to the mailbox, the house quiet, except for the flies. They swing through every now and then, drunk from eating and enjoying the heat, buzz enough to make me drowsy. Sophia looked like something on her mind, she just not sure what. She bend over the frame, sew a little while, then rear back in her chair and look out across the yard. Finally, she rests her needle, say, why do people eat, Miss Seely? Tell me that. To stay alive, I say. What else? Because, of course, some folks eat because food tastes good to them. Then some, as gluttons, they love to feel they mouth work. Them the only reasons you can think of? She asked. Well, sometimes it might be a case of being undernourished, I say. She mews. He not undernourished, she say. Who ain't? I asked. Harpo, she say. Harpo? He eating more and more every day. Maybe he got a tapeworm. She frowned. No, she say. I don't think it a tapeworm. Tapeworm make you hungry. Harpo eat even when he ain't hungry. What? Force it down? This hard to believe, but sometimes you hear new things every day. Not me, you understand, but some folks do say that. Last night for supper, he ate a whole pan of biscuits by himself. No, I say. He sure did, and had two big glasses of buttermilk along with it. This was after supper. It was over, too. I was giving the children they baths, getting them ready for bed. He's supposed to be washing the dishes. Instead of washing plates, he cleaning them with his mouth. Well, maybe he was extra hungry. Y'all is been working hard. Not that hard, she say. And this morning for breakfast? Darn if he didn't eat six eggs. After all that food, he looked too sick to walk. When us got to the field, I thought he was going to faint. If Sophia say darn, something wrong. Maybe he don't want to wash dishes. I say, his daddy never washed a dish in his life. You reckon, she say, he seemed so much to love it. To tell the truth, he loved that part of housekeeping a heap more than me. I'd rather be out in the fields or fooling with the animals, even chopping wood. But he loved cooking and cleaning and doing little things around the house. He sure is a good cook, I say. Big surprise to me that he knew anything about it. He never cooked so much as an egg when he lived at home. I bet he wanted to, she said. It seemed so natural to him, but mister, you know how he is. Oh, he all right, I say. You feeling yourself, Miss Seeley? Sophia asked. I mean, he all right in some things, not in others. Oh, she say. Anyway, next time he come here, notice if he eat anything. I notice what he eat all right. First thing, coming up the steps, I give him a close look. He's still skinny, about half Sophia's size, but I see a little pot beginning under his overalls. What you got to eat, Miss Seeley? 
he said, going straight to the warmer and a piece of fried chicken, then on to the safe for a slice of blackberry pie. He stand by the table and munch, munch. You got any sweet milk? He asked. Got clabber, I say. He say, well, I love clabber and dip him out some. Sophia must not be feeding you, I say. Why you say that? He asked with his mouth full. Well, it not, it not long after dinner and here you is hungry again. He don't say nothing. Eat. Course, I say, supper time, not too far off either. About three, four hours. He rummaged through the jar for a spoon to eat the clabber with. He see a slice of cornbread on the shelf back of the stove. He grab it and crumble it into the glass. Us go back out onto the porch and he put his foots up on the railing. Eat his clabber and cornbread with the glass near bout to his nose. Remind me of a hog at the trough. Food tasting like food to you these days, huh? I say, listening to him chew. He don't say nothing. Eat. I look out across the yard. I see Sophia dragging a ladder and then lean it up against the house. She wearing an old pair of Harpo pants. Got her head tied up in a head rag. She climb up the ladder to the roof, begin to hammer in nails. Sound echo across the yard like shots. Harpo eat. Watch her. Then he belch. Say, excuse me, Miss Seeley. Take the glass and spoon back in the kitchen. Come out and say, bye. No matter what happening now, no matter who come, no matter what they say or do, Harpo eat through it. Food on his mind morning, noon, and night. His belly grow and grow, but the rest of him don't. He began to look like he big. When it do? Us asked. Harpo don't say nothing. Reach for another piece of pie. Dear God, Harpo stand with us this weekend. Friday night after Mr. and Shug and me done going to bed, I heard this somebody crying. Harpo sitting out on the steps, crying like his heart going to break. Oh, boo-hoo and boo-hoo. He got his head in his hands, tears and snot running down his chin. I give him a hangster. He blow his nose, look up at me out of his eyes, like his eyes closed like fists. What happened to your eyes? I asked. He clam round in his mind for a story to tell, then fall back on the truth. Sophia, he say. You still bothering Sophia? I asked. She my wife, he say. That don't mean you got to keep on bothering her, I say. Sophia loved you. She a good wife, good to the children and good looking, hard working, God fearing and clean. I don't know what more you want. Harpo sniffle. I want her to do what I say like you do for Pa. Oh, Lord, I say. When Pa tell you to do something, you do it, he say. When he say not to, you don't. You don't do what he say. He beat you. Sometime he beat me anyhow, I say, whether I do what he say or not. That's right, say Harpo. But not Sophia. She do what she want. Don't pay me no mind at all. I try to beat her. She blacked my eyes. Oh, boo-hoo, he cried. Boo-hoo. I start to take back my hangster, maybe push him and his black eyes off the step. I think about Sophia. She tickled me. I used to hunt game with a bow and arrow, she say. Some women's can't be beat, I say. Sophia, one of them. 
Besides, Sophia loved you. She'd probably be happy to do most of, most of what you say if you asked her, right? She not mean. She not spiteful. She don't hold the grudge. He sit there, hanging his head, looking retard. Harpo, I say, giving him a shake. Sophia love you. You love Sophia. He look up at me best he can out of his fat little eyes. Yes, ma'am, he say. Mister, marry me to take care of his children. I marry him because my daddy made me. I don't love mister, and he don't love me. But you his wife, he say, just like Sophia mine, but the wife's supposed to mind. Do Shug Avery mind, mister? I asked. She the woman he wanted to marry. She call him Albert, tell him his drawers stink in a minute. Little as he is, when she get her weight back, she can sit on him if he try to bother her. Why I mention weight? Harpo start to cry again. Then he start to be sick. He lean over the edge of the step and vomit and vomit. Look like every piece of pie for the last year come up. When he empty, I put him in the bed next to Shug's little room. He fall right off to sleep. Dear God, I go visit Sophia. She's still working on the roof. The darn thing leak, she say. She out to the wood pile making shingles. She she put a big square piece of wood on the chopping block and chop, chop. She make big flat shingles. She put the axe down and asked me to do, and asked me, do I want some lemonade? I look at her good, except for a bruise on her wrist. She don't look like she got a scratch on her. How's it going with you and Harpo? I asked. Well, she say, he stopped eating so much, but maybe this just a spell. He trying to get as big as you, I say. She suck in her breath. I kind of thought so, she say, and let out her breath real slow. All the children come running up. Mama, mama, us want lemonade. She pour out five glasses for them, two for us. A sit in a wooden swing she made last summer and hung on the shady end of the porch. I'm getting tired of Harpo, she say. All he think about since us married is how to make me mind. He don't want a wife, he want a dog. He your husband, I say. Got to stay with him, else what you gonna do? My sister husband caught in the draft, she say. They don't have no children. Odessa loved children. He left her on a little farm. Maybe I can go stay with them a while. Me and my children. I think about my sister Nettie. Thought so sharp it go through me like pain. Somebody to run to. It seemed too sweet to bear. Sophia go on, frowning at her glass. I don't like to go to bed with him no more, she say. Used to be when he touched me, I'd go all out of my head. Now when he touched me, I just don't want to be bothered. Once he get on top of me, I think about how that's where he always want to be. She sip her lemonade. I used to love that part of it, she say. I used to chase him home from the field. Get all hot just watching him put the children to bed. But no more. Now I feels tired all the time. No interest. Now, now, I say, sleep on it some. Maybe it come back. But I say this just to be saying something. I, I don't know nothing about it. Mr. Clam on top of me, do his business in 10 minutes, us both sleep. Only time I feel something stirring down there is when I think about Shug. And that like running to the end of the road and it turned back on itself. You know the worst part, she say. 
The worst part is, I don't think he noticed. He get up there and enjoy himself just the same. No matter what I'm thinking, no matter what I feel, it just him. Hard feeling don't seem to enter into it. She snorted. The fact that he can do it like that make me want to kill him. Us look up the path to the house, see Shug and Mister sitting on the steps. He reach over and pick something out of her hair. I don't know, say Sophia. Maybe I won't go. Deep down, I still love Harpo, but he just makes me real tired. She yawn, laugh. I need a vacation, she say. Then she go back to the wood pile, start making some more shingles for the roof. Dear God, Sophia write about her sisters. They all big, strong, healthy girls look like Amazons. They come early one morning in two wagons to pick up Sophia. She don't have much to take, her and the children's clothes, a mattress she made last winter, a looking glass, and a rocking chair. The children. Harpo sit on the steps, acting like he don't care. He making a net for saning fish. He look out towards the creaky every once in a while and whistle a little tune, but it nothing compared to the way he used to whistle. His little whistle sound like it lost way down in a jar and the jar in the bottom of the creek. At the last minute, I decide to give Sophia the quilt. I don't know what her sister place be like, but we've been having right smart cold weather long in now. For all I know, she and the children have to sleep on the floor. You gonna let her go? I asked Harpo. He looked like only a fool could ask the question. He puffed back. She made up her mind to go, he say. How I'm gonna stop her? Let her go on, he say, cutting his eyes at her sister's wagons. Us sit on the steps together. All us hear from inside is the thump, thump, thump of plump and stout feet. All Sophia's sisters moving round together at one time make the house shake. Where us going? Asked the oldest girl. Going to visit Aunt Odessa, say Sophia. Daddy coming? She asked. No, say Sophia. How come daddy ain't coming? Another one asked. Daddy need to stay here and take care of the house. Look after Dilsey, Coco, and Boo. The child comes stand in front of his daddy and just look at him real good. You not coming? He say, Harpo say, no. Child go whisper to the baby crawling round on the floor. Daddy not coming with us. What do you think of that? Baby sit real still, strain real hard, fart. Us all laugh, but it's sad too. Harpo pick it up, finger the daddy and get her ready for a change. I don't think she wet, say Sophia, just gas. But he changed her anyway. Him and the baby over in the corner, of the little porch, out the way of traffic, he used the old dry daddy to wipe his eyes. At the last, he hands Sophia the baby, and she sling it upside her hip, sling a sack of daddies and food over her shoulder, and corral all the little ones together, tell them to say goodbye to daddy. Then she hug me best she can with that baby and all, and she clam up on the wagon. Every sister just about got a child between her knees, except the two driving mules, and they all quiet as they leave Sophia and Harpo Yard and drive on, drive on up past the house. Dear God, Sophia gone six months. Harpo act like a different man. Used to be a homebody, now all the time in the road. I asked him what going on. 
he say, Miss Seeley, I done learned a few things. One thing he learned is that he cute. Another that he's smart. Plus, he can make money. He don't say who the teacher is. I hadn't heard so much hammering since before Sophia left. But every evening after he leave the field, he knocking down and nailing up. Sometime his friend Swain come by to help. The two of them work all into the night. Mister have to call down to tell them to shut up the racket. What you building? I asked. Juke joint, he say. Way back there? No further back than any of the others. I don't know nothing about no others, only about the lucky star. Juke joint supposed to be in the back of the woods, say Harpo. Nobody be bothered by the loud music, the dancing, the fights. Swain say, the killings. Harpo say, and the polices don't know where to look. What's Sophia going to say about that when, when you do that to her house? I asked. Suppose she and the children come back. Where they going to sleep? They ain't coming back, say Harpo, nailing together planks for a counter. How you know? I asked. He don't answer. He keep working, doing everything with Swain. Dear God, the first week, nobody come. Second week, three or four. Third week, one. Harpo sit behind his little counter, listening to Swain pick his box. He got cold drinks. He got barbecue. He got chitlins. Got store-bought bread. He got a sign saying, Harpo's tacked up on the side of the house and another one out on the road, but he ain't got no customers. I go down the path to the yard, stand outside, look in. Harpo look out and wave. Come on in, Miss Seeley, he say. I say, no, thank you. Mister sometime walk down, have a cold drink, listen to Swain. Miss Shug walk down too every once in a while. She's still wearing her little shifts and I still cornrow her hair, but it getting long now and she say soon she want it press. Harpo puzzled by Shug. One reason is she say whatever come to mind, forget about polite. Sometime I see him staring at her real hard when he don't think I'm looking. One day he say, Nobody coming way out here just to hear Swain. Wonder could I get the queen honeybee? I don't know, I said. She a lot better now, always humming or singing something. She'd probably be glad to get back to work. Why don't you ask her? Shook say his place not much compared to what she used to, but she think maybe she might grace it with a song. Harpo and Swain got mister to give him some of Shook old announcements from out of the trunk crossed out the lucky star of Coleman Road, put in Harpo's of the plantation, stuck them on trees tween the turnoff of our road and town. The first Saturday night, so many folks come, they couldn't get in. Shug, Shug, baby, us thought you was dead. Five out of a dozen say hello to Shug like that. And come to find out it was you, Shug say with a big grin. At last, I get to see Shug every work. I get to watch her. I get to hear her. Mister didn't want me to come. Wives don't go to places like that, he say. Yeah, but Seely going, say Shug, while I press her hair. Suppose I get sick while I'm singing, she say. Suppose my dress come undone. She wearing a skin-tight red dress look like the straps made out of two pieces of thread. Mister mutter, putting on his clothes. My wife can't do this. My wife can't do that. No wife of mine's. He go on and on and on. Shug Avery finally say, good thing I ain't your damn wife. 
He hushed then. All three of us go down to Harpo's. Mr. and me sit at the same table. Mr. drink whiskey. I have a cold drink. First, Shook sing a song by somebody named Bessie Smith. She say, Bessie somebody she know. Old friend. It call, a good man is hard to find. She look over at Mr. a little when she sing that. I look over at him too. For such a little man, he all puff up. Look like all he can do is stay in his chair. I look at Shug and I feel my heart begin to cramp. It hurt me so. I, I cover it with my hand. I think I might as well be under the table for all they care. I hate the way I look. I hate the way I'm dressed. Nothing but church-going clothes in my shiver in my shiver robe. And Mister, looking at Shug, bright black skin and her tight red dress, her feet in little sassy red shoes, her hair shining in waves. Before I know it, tears meet under my chin, and I'm confused. He loved looking at Shug. I loved looking at Shug, but Shug don't love looking at but one of us, him. But that the way it's supposed to be, I know that. But if that's so, why my heart hurt me so? My head droops so it near bowed in my glass. Then I hear my name. Shook say, Seely, Miss Seely. And I look up where she at. She say my name again. She say, this song I'm about to sing is called Miss Seely's song. Cause she scratched it out of my head when I was sick. First she hum it a little like she do at home. Then she sing the words. It's all about some no-count man doing her wrong again, but I don't listen to that part. I look at her and I hum along, and I hum along a little with the tune. First time somebody made something and name it after me. Dear God, pretty soon it'd be time for Suge Avery to go. She sing every weekend now at Harpo's. He make right smart money off of her, and she makes some too. Plus, she getting strong again and stout. First night or two, she first night or two, her songs come out good, but a little weak. Now she belt them out. Folks out in the yard hear her with no trouble. She and Swain sound real good together. She sing, he pick his box. It nice at Harpo's. Little tables all around the room with candles on them that I made. A lot of little tables outside, too, by the creek. Sometime I looked down the path from our house, and it looked like a swarm of lightning bugs all in and out through Sophia House. In the evening, Shug can't wait to go down there. One day, she said to me, Well, Miss Seeley, I believe it's time for me to go. When? I asked. Early next month, she say. June. June, a good time to go off into the world. I don't say nothing. Feel like I felt when Nettie left. She come over and put her hand on my shoulder. He beat me when you not here, I say. Who do, she say. Albert? Mister, I say. I can't believe it, she say. She sit down on the bench next to me real hard like she drop. What he beat you for, she asked. For being me and not you. Oh, Miss Seely, she say, and put her arms around me. I sit like that for maybe half an hour. Then she kissed me on the fleshy part of my shoulder and stand up. I won't leave, 
she say, until I know Albert won't even think about beating you. Dear God, now we all know she going sometime soon. They sleep together at night. Not every night, but almost every night. From Friday to Monday, he go down to Harpo's to watch her sing and just to look at her. Then way late, they come home. They giggle and they talk and they wrestle until morning. Then they go to bed until it's time for her to get ready to go back to work. First time it happened, it was an accident. Feeling just carried them away. Then what Shook say, he don't say nothing. She asked me, tell the truth, she say. Do, do you mind if Albert sleep with me? I think, I don't care who Albert sleep with, but I don't say that. I say, you might get big again. She say, no, not with my sponge and all. You still love him? I asked. She say, I got what you call a passion for him. If I was ever going to have a husband, he'd have been it. But he weak, she say. Can't make up his mind what he want. And from what you tell me, he a bully. Some things I love about him, though, she say. He smell right to me. He's so little, he make me laugh. You like to sleep with him? I asked. Yeah, Seely, she say. I have to confess, I just love it. Don't you? No, I say. Mister can tell you, I don't like it at all. What is it to like? He get up on you, heist your nightgown round your waist, plunge in. Most times I pretend I ain't there. He never know the difference. Never ask me how I feel. Nothing. Just do his business, get off, and go to sleep. She start to laugh. Do his business, she say. Do his business. Why, Miss Seely, you make it sound like he going to the toilet on you. That would it feel like, I say. She stopped laughing. You never enjoy it at all, she asked, puzzled. Not even with your children, Daddy? Never, I say. Why, Miss Seely, she say, you still a virgin. What? I asked. Listen, she say, right down there between your legs is a little button that get real hot when you do you know what with somebody. It get hotter and hotter and then it melt. That the good part. But other parts good, too, she say. Lot of sucking going on here and there, she say. Lot of finger and tongue work. Button, finger and tongue, my face hot enough to melt itself. She say, here, take this mirror and go look at yourself down there. I bet you never seen it, have you? No, and I bet you never seen Albert down there either. I felt him, I say. I stand there with the mirror. She say, what, too shame to even go off and look at yourself? And you look so cute, too, she say, laughing, all dressed up for Harpo's, smelling good and everything, but scared to look at your own pussy. You come with me while I look, I say, and us run off to my room like two little prankish girls. You guard the door, I say. She giggle. Okay, she say, nobody coming, coast clear. I lie back on the bed and haul up my dress, yank down my bloomers, stick the looking glass between my legs. Ugh, all that hair. Then my pussy lips black. Then inside looked like a wet rose. It a lot prettier than you thought, ain't it? She say from the door. It mine, I say. Where the button? Right up near the top, she say. That part that stick out a little. I look at her and 
touch it with my finger, a little shiver go through me. Nothing much, but just enough to tell me this the right button to mash. Maybe. She say, while you looking, look at your titties too. I haul up my dress and look at my titties. Think about my baby sucking them. Remember the little shiver I felt then too. Sometimes a big shiver. Best part about having the babies was feeding them. Albert and Harpo coming, she say, and I yank up my drawers and yank down my dress. I feel like us been doing something wrong. I don't care if you sleep with him, I say, and she take me at my word. I take me at my word too, but when I hear them together, all I can do is pull the quilt over my head and finger my little button and titties and cry. Dear God, one night while Suge singing a hot one, who should come prancing through the door of Harpo's but Sophia? She was a big, tall, hefty man, looked like a prize fighter. She her usual stout and bouncy self. Oh, Miss Seeley, she cried. It's so good to see you again. It even good to see Mister, she say. She take one of his hands, even if his handshake is a little weak, she say. He act real glad to see her. Here, pull up a chair, he say. Have a cold drink. Give me a shot of white lightning, she say. Prize fighter pull up a chair, straddle it backwards, hug on Sophia like they at home. I see Harpo cross the room with his little yellowish skin girlfriend. He look at Sophia like she a hate. This Henry Broadnax, Sophia say. Everybody call him Buster, good friend of the family. How you all, he say. He smiled pleasant and us keep listening to the music. She'll wearing a gold dress that show her titties near about to the nipple. Everybody sort of hoping something break, but that dress strong. Man, oh man, say Buster, fire department won't do. Somebody called the law. Mister whispered to Sophia, where your children at? She whispered back, my children at home, where yours? He don't say nothing. Both the girls big and gone. Bub in and out of jail. If his granddaddy wasn't the colored uncle of the sheriff who looked just like Bub, Bub be lynched by now. I can't get over how good Sophia look. Most women with five children look a little peaked, I say to her across the table when Suge finish her song. You look like you ready for five more. Oh, she say, I got six children now, Miss Seeley. Six. I am shocked. She toss her head, look over at Harpo. Life don't stop just because you leave home, Miss Seeley. You know that. My life stopped when I left home, I think. But then I think again, it stopped with Mr. Maybe, but start up again with Suge. Suge come over to the table and she and Sophia hug. Suge say, girl, you look like a good time you do. That when I notice how Suge talk and act sometimes like a man. Men say stuff like that to women. Girl, you look like a good time. Women always talk about hair and health. How many babies living or dead or got teeth. Not about how some woman they hugging on look like a good time. All the men got their eyes glued to Suge's bosom. I got my eyes glued there too. I feel my nipples harden under my dress. My little buttons sort of perk up too. Suge, I say to her in my mind, girl, you looks like a real good time. The good Lord knows you do. What you doing here? Asked Harpo. Sophia say, come to hear Miss Suge. You got a nice place here, Harpo. She look around, this and that her eyes admire. Harpo say, 
It's just a scandalous, a woman with five children hanging out in a juke joint at night. Sophia, I go cool. She look him up and down. Since he quit stuffing himself, he gained a bunch of weight, face, head, and all, mostly from drinking home brew and eating leftover barbecue. But now he just about her size. A woman need a little fun once in a while, she say. A woman need to be home, he say. She say, this is my home, though I do think it go better as a juke, as a juke joint. Harpo look at the prize fighter. Prize fighter push back his chair a little. Pick up his drink. I don't fight Sophia Battle, he say. My job to love her and to take her where she want to go. Harpo breathes some relief. Let's dance, he say. Sophia laugh, get up, put both arms round his neck. They slow drag, cross the floor. Harpo little yellow-skinned girlfriend sulk hanging over the bar. She a nice girl, friendly and everything, but she like me. She do anything Harpo say. He give her a little nickname to call her Squeak. Pretty soon, Squeak get up the nerve to try to cut in. Harpo try to turn Sophia so she can't see, but Squeak keep on tapping and tapping on his shoulder. Finally, he and Sophia stop dancing. They about two feet from our table. Shug say, uh-oh, and point with her chin. Something about to blow right there. Who this woman, say Squeak in this little teensy voice. You know who she is, say Harpo. Squeak turned to Sophia. Say, you better leave him alone. Sophia say, fine with me. She turned round to leave. Harpo grab her by the arm. Say, you don't have to go nowhere. Hell, this your house. Squeak say, what you mean, this her house? She walk out on you. Walk away from the house. It's over now. She say to Sophia. Sophia say, fine with me. Try to pull away from Harpo. Grip, he hold her tight. Listen, Squeak, say Harpo. Can't a man dance with his own wife? Squeak say, not if he my man, he can't. You hear that? Bitch, she say to Sophia. Sophia getting a little tired of Squeak, I can tell by her ears. They sort of push back. But she say again, sort of end of the argument, like, hey, fine with me. Squeak slap her across the head. What she do that for? Sophia don't even deal in little ladyish things such as slaps. She ball up her fist, draw back, and knock two of Squeak's side teeth out. Squeak hit the floor, one tooth hanging on her lip, the other one upside down my cold drink glass. Then Squeak start banging on Harpo's leg with her shoe. You get that bitch out of here, she cried, blood and slobber running down her chin. Harpo and Sophia stand side by side, looking down at, at Squeak, but I don't think they hear her. Harpo still holding Sophia's arm. Maybe half a minute go by. Finally, he turned loose her arm reach down and cradle poor little Squeak in his arms. He coo and coo at her like she a baby. Sophia come over and get the prize fighter. They go out the door and don't look back. Then us hear a car motor start. Dear God, Harpo mope, wipe the counter, light a cigarette, look outdoors, walk up and down. Little Squeak run long all up under him trying to get his tension. Baby this, she say, baby that. Harpo look through her head, blow smoke. Squeak come over to the corner where me and mister at. She got two bright gold teeth in the side of her mouth. 
generally grin all the time. Now she cry. Miss Seeley, she say, what's the matter with Harpo? Sophia in jail, I say. In jail? She looked like I say Sophia on the moon. What's she in jail for? She asked. Sassing the mayor's wife, I say. Squeak pull up a chair, look down my throat. What's your real name? I asked her. She say, Mary Agnes, make Harpo call you by your real name, I say. Then maybe he see you even when he trouble. She look at me puzzle. I let it go. I tell her what one of Sophia's sister tell me and mister. Sophia and the prize fighter and all the children got in the prize fighter car and went to town. Clam out on the street looking like somebody. Just then the mayor and his wife come by. All these children, say the mayor's wife, digging in her pocketbook. Cute as little buttons, though, she say. She stopped, put her hand on one of the children's head, say, and such strong white teeth. Sophia and the prize fighter don't say nothing. Wait for her to pass. Mayor, wait too. Stand back and tap his foot. Watch her with a little smile. Now, Millie, he say, always going on over color. Miss Millie finger the children some more. Finally, look at Sophia and the prize fighter. She look at the prize fighter car. She eye Sophia wristwatch. She say to Sophia, all your children so clean, she say. Would you like to work for me? Be my maid? Sophia say, hell no. She say, what you say? Sophia say, hell no. Mayor look at Sophia, push his wife out the way, stick out his chest. Girl, what you say to Miss Millie? Sophia say, I say, hell no. He slap her. I stopped telling it right there. Squeak on the edge of her seat. She wait, look down my throat some more. No need to say more, Mr. Say. You know what happened if somebody slapped Sophia. Squeak go white as a sheep. Gnaw, she say. Gnaw nothing, I say. Sophia knocked the man down. The police has come, start slinging the children off the mare. Bang they heads together. Sophia really start to fight. They drag her to the ground. This far as I can go with it, look like. My eyes get full of water and my throat close. Poor Squeak all scrunched down in her chair, trembling. They beat Sophia, Mr. Say. Squeak fly up like she sprung, run over behind the counter to Harpo, put her arms round him. They hang together for a long time, cry. What the prize fighter doing all this? I asked Sophia's sister, Odessa. He want to jump in, she say. Sophia say no, take the children home. Felices have their guns on him anyway. One move, he dead. Six of them, you know. Mr. Go plead with the sheriff to let us see Sophia. Bub be in so much trouble, look like the sheriff. He and Mr. almost on family terms, just long as Mr. know he colored. Sheriff say, she a crazy woman, your boy's wife. You know that? Mr. say, yes, sir, us do know it. Been trying to tell Harpo she crazy for 12 years, since way before they marry. Sophia come from crazy peoples, Mr. Say. It's not all her fault. And then again, the sheriff know how women's is, anyhow. Sheriff think about the women he know and say, yep, you right there. Mr. Say, we gonna tell her she crazy too if us ever do get in to see her. Sheriff say, well, make sure you do and tell her she lucky she alive. 
When I see Sophia, I don't know why she's still alive. They crack her skull. They crack her ribs. They tear her nose loose on one side. They blind her in one eye. She swole from head to foot. Her tongue the size of my arm. It stick out between her teeth like a piece of rubber. She can't talk. And she just about the color of an eggplant. Scare me so bad, I near about drop my grip. But I don't. I put it on the floor of the cell. Take out comb and brush. Nightgown, witch hazel and alcohol. And I start to work on her. The colored tendon bring me water to wash her with. And I start at her two little slits for eyes. Dear God, they put Sophia to work in the prison laundry. All day long, from five to eight, she washing clothes, dirty convict uniforms, nasty sheets and blankets piled way over her head. I see her twice a month for half an hour, her face yellow and sickly. Her fingers look like fatty sausage. Everything nasty here, she say, even the air. Food bad enough to kill you with it. Roaches here, mice, flies, lice, and even a snake or two. If you say anything, they strip you, make you sleep on a cement floor without a light. How you manage? Us asked. Every time they ask me to do something, Miss Seely, I act like I'm you. I jump right up and do just what they say. She look wild when she say that, and her bad eye wander round the room. Mr. Suck in his breath. Harpo groan. Miss Sheila cuss. She come from Memphis, special to see Sophia. I can't fix my mouth to say how I feel. I'm a good prisoner, she say. Best convict they ever see. They can't believe I'm the one sassed the mayor's wife, knocked the mayor down. She laughed. It sounds like something from a song. The part where everybody done gone home but you. Twelve years a long time to be good, though, she say. Maybe you get out on good behavior, say Harpo. Good behavior ain't good enough for them, say Sophia. Nothing less than sliding on your belly with your tongue on their boots can even get their attention. I dream of murder, she say. I dream of murder, sleep or wake. Us don't say nothing. How the children, she asked. They all fine, say Harpo. Tween Odessa and Squeak, they gets by. Say thank you to Squeak, she say. Tell Odessa I think about her. Dear God, all us sit around the table after supper, me, Shug, Mr. Squeak, the prize fighter, Odessa, and two more of Sophia's sisters. Sophia not going to last, say mister. Yeah, say Harpo. She look a little crazy to me. And what she had to say, say Shug. My God, us got to do something, say mister, and be right quick about it. What can us do, asked Squeak. She look a little haggard with all Sophia and Harpo children sprung on her at once, but she carry on. Hair a little stringy, slip show, but she carry on. Bust her eye. Bust her out, say Harpo. Get some dynamite off the gang that's building the bridge down the road. Blow the whole prison to kingdom come. Shut up, Harpo, say mister. Us trying to think. I got it, say the prize fighter. Smuggle in a gun. Well, he rub his chin. 
maybe smug in a file? No, say Odessa. They just come after her if she leave that way. Me and Squeak don't say nothing. I don't know what she think, but I think about angels. God coming down by chariot, swinging down real low and carrying old Sophia home. I see them all as clear as day. Angels all in white, white hair and white eyes look like albinos. God all white too, looking like some stout white man work at the bank. Angels strike their cymbals, one of them blow his horn. God blow out a big breath of fire and suddenly Sophia free. Who the warden's black kinfolks, say mister. Nobody say nothing. Finally, the prize fighters speak. What his name, he asked. Hodges, say Harple. Bubber Hodges. Old man, say Henry Hodges boy, say mister. Used to live out on the old Hodges place. Got a, got a brother named Jimmy, asked Squeak. Yeah, say mister, brother named Jimmy, married to that Quitman girl, daddy on the hardware. You, you know them. Squeak duck her head and mumbled something. Say what? asked mister. Squeak cheek turned red, she mumbled again. He your what? mister asked. Cousin, she say. Mister look at her. Daddy, she say. She cut her eye at Harpo. Look at the floor. He know anything about it? asked mister. Yeah, she say. He got three children by my mama, two younger than me. His brother know anything about it? asked mister. One time he come by the house with, with Mr. Jimmy. He give, us, he give us all quarters. Say, we sure do look like Hodges. Mr. Rear back in his chair, give Squeak a good look from head to foot. Squeak push her greasy brown hair back from her face. Yeah, say mister, I see the resemblance. He bring his chair down on the floor. Well, look like you the one to go. Go where? asked Squeak. Go see the warden. He your uncle. Dear God, us dress Squeak like she a white woman, only her clothes patch. She got on a starch and iron dress, high heel shoes with scuffs, and a old hat somebody gave Shug. Us give her an old pocketbook, look like a quilt and a little black Bible. Us wash her hair and get all the grease out. Then I put up two plaits that cross over her head. Us bathe her so clean, she smell like a good clean floor. What I'm going to say, she asked. Say you living with Sophia's husband and her husband say Sophia not being punished enough. Say she laugh at, at the fool she make of the guards. Say she getting along just fine where she is and she even happy, happy even long as she don't have to be no white woman's maid. Gracious God, say Squeak, how I'm gonna tune up my mouth to say all that? He asked you who you is, make him remember. Tell him how much that quarter he give you meant to you. That was 15 years ago, say Squeak. He ain't gonna remember that. Make him see the Hodges in you, say Odessa. He'll remember. Tell him you just think that justice ought to be done yourself. But make sure he know you living with Sophia's husband, say Shug. Make sure you get in the part about being happy where she at. Worst thing that could happen to her is for her to be some white lady maid. I don't know, say the prize fighter. This sound mighty much like some old Uncle Tom and to me. Shug snort. Well, she say, Uncle Tom wasn't called uncle for nothing. Dear God, poor little Squeak come home with a limp.
her dress ripped, her hat missing, and one of the heels coming off her shoe. What happened? Us asked. He saw the Hodges in me, she say, and he didn't like it one bit. Harpo come up the steps from the car. My wife beat up. My woman rape, he say. I ought to go fight out there with, with guns. Maybe set fire to the place, burn the crackers up. Shut up, Harpo, say Squeak. I'm telling it. And she do. Say, the minute I walked through the door, he remembered me. What'd he say? Us asked. Say, what you want? I say, I come out of interest I, I has in seeing justices done. What'd you say you want? He asked again. I say what y'all told me to say about Sophia not being punished enough. Say she happy in prison, strong girl like her. Her main worry is just the thought of, of ever being some white woman maid. That would start the fight, you know, I say. Mayor's wife asked Sophia to be her maid. Sophia says she never going to be no white woman's nothing, let alone maid. That's so, he asked, all the time looking me over real good. Yes, sir, I say. Say prison suit her just fine. Shoot, washing and ironing all day is what she do at home. She got six children, you know. That a fact, he say. He come from behind his desk, lean over my chair. Who your folks, he asked. I tell him my mama's name, grandmama's name, grandpa's name. Who your daddy, he asked. Why you get them eyes? Ain't got no daddy, I say. Come on now, he say. Ain't I seen you before? I say, yes, sir. And and one time about 10 years ago when I was a little girl, you give me a quarter. I sure did appreciate it, I say. I don't remember that, he say. You come by the house with my mama friend, Mr. Jimmy, I say. Squeak look round at all of us, then take a deep breath, mumble. Say what? asked Odessa. Yeah, say Shug. If you can't tell us, who you gonna tell, God? He took my hat off, say Squeak. He told me to undo my dress. She dropped her head, put her face in her hands. My God, say Odessa. And he your uncle? He say if he was my uncle, he wouldn't do it to me. That'd be a sin. But this is just little fornication. Everybody guilty of that. She turned up her face to Harpo. Harpo, she say, do you really love me or just my color? Harpo say, I love you, Squeak. He kneeled down and tried to put his arm round her waist. She stand up. My name, Mary Agnes, she say. Dear God, six months after Mary Agnes went to get Sophia out of prison, she began to sing. First she sang Shug's songs. Then she began to make up songs her own self. She got the kind of voice you never think of trying to sing a song. It little, it high, it's sort of meowing, but Mary Agnes don't care. Pretty soon, us get used to it. Then us like it a whole lot. Harpo don't know what to make of it. It seemed funny to me. He say to me and mister, so sudden. It put me in the mind of a gramophone. Sit in the corner a year silent as the grave. Then you put a record on, it, it come to life. Wonder if she's still mad Sophia knock her teeth out, I asked. Yeah, she mad. But what good being mad gonna do? She not evil. She knows Sophia life hard to bear right now. How she get along with the children? Asked mister. They love her, say Harpo. She let them do anything they want. Uh-oh, I say. Besides, he say, Odessa and Sophia, other sisters always on hand to take up the slack. They bring up the children, like military. 
squeak, sing. They cause me yellow, like yellow be my name. They cause me yellow, like yellow be my name. But if yellow is a name, we ain't black the same. Well, if I say, hey, black girl, Lord, she try to ruin my game. Dear God, Sophia say to me today, I just can't understand it. What that? I asked. Why we ain't already killed them off? Three years after she beat, she out of the wash house got her color and her weight back. Looked like her old self. Just all time think about killing somebody. Too many to kill off, I say. Us outnumbered from the start. I spec we knock over one or two, though, here and there. Through the years, I say. We sit on a piece of old crate out near the edge of Miss Millie's yard. Rusty nails stick out long from the bottom, and when us move, they creak against the wood. Sophia job to watch the children play ball. The little boy throw the ball to the little girl. She try to catch it with her eyes shut. It roll up under Sophia's foot. Throw me the ball, say the little boy with his hands on his hip. Throw me the ball. Sophia muttered to herself, half to me. I'm here to watch, not to throw, she say. She don't make a move toward the ball. Don't you hear me talking to you, he shout. He may be 60 years old, brown hair, ice blue eyes. He come steaming up to where us sit, haul off and kick Sophia's leg. She swing her foot to one side and he scream. What the trouble? I asked. Then stab his foot with a rusty nail, Sophia say. Sure enough, blood come leaking through his shoe. His little sister come to watch him cry. He turned redder and redder. Call his mama. Miss, Seeley, Miss Millie come running. She's scared of Sophia. Every time she talked to her, it like she expect the worst. She don't stand close to her either. When she get a few yards from where us, from where us sit, she motioned for Billy to come there. My foot, he say to her. Sophia do it, she asked. Little girl pipe up. Billy do it to his own self, she say, trying to kick Sophia's leg. The little girl dote on Sophia, always stick up for her. Sophia never noticed. She as deep to the little girl as she is to her brother. Miss Millie cut her eyes at her, put one arm round Billy's shoulder, and they limp back into the house. Little girl follow, wave bye-bye to us. She seemed like a right sweet little thing, I say to Sophia. Who is? She frowned. The little girl, I say. What they call her, Eleanor Jane? Yeah, say Sophia, with a real puzzled look on her face. I wonder why she was ever born. Well, I say, us don't have to wonder, us don't have to wonder that about darkies. She giggle. Miss Seely, she say, you just as crazy as you can be. This the first giggle I heard in three years. Dear God, Sophia would make a dog laugh talking about those people she worked for. They have the nerve to try to make us think slavery fell through because of us, say Sophia, like us didn't have enough sense to handle it. All the time breaking hoe handles and letting the mules loose in the wheat. But how anything they build can last a day is a wonder to me. They backward, she say, clumsy and unlucky. Mayor bought Miss Millie a new car. Cause she said, if colored could have cars, then one for her was past due. So he bought her a car, only he refused to show, to show her how to drive it. 
Every day he come home from town and look at her, look out the window at her car, say, how you enjoying her, Miss Millie? She fly off the sofa in a huff, slam the door going into the bathroom. She ain't got no friends. So one day she say to me, car been sitting out in the yard two months, Sophia. Do you know how to drive? I guess she remembered first seeing me up against Buster Broadnack's car. Yes, ma'am, I say. I'm slaving away cleaning that big post they got down at the bottom of the stair. They act real funny about that post. No fingerprints is supposed to be on it ever. Do you think you could teach me? She says. Out of Sophia, one of Sophia's children break in, the oldest boy. He tall and handsome, all the time serious and mad a lot. He say, don't say slavin', mama. Sophia say, why not? They got me in a little storeroom up under the house, hardly bigger than Odessa's porch, and just about as warm in the wintertime. I'm at the beck and call all night and all day. They won't let me see my children. They won't let me see no men's. Well, after five years, they let me see you once in a year. I'm a slave, she say. What would you call it? A captive, he say. Sophia go on with her story, only look at him like she glad he hers. So I say, yes, ma'am, I can teach you if it's the same kind of car I learned on. Next thing you know, they're me and Miss Millie all up and down the road. First I drive and she watch. Then she start to drive and I watch her up and down the road. Soon as I finish cooking breakfast, putting it on the table, washing dishes and sweeping the floor. And just before I go get the mail out of the box down by the road, we go give Miss Millie her driving lesson. Well, after a while, she got the hang of it more or less. Then she really get it. Then one day when we come home from riding, she say to me, I'm going to drive you home. Just like that. Home? I asked. Yes, she say. Home. You ain't been home or seen your children in a while, she say. Ain't that right? I say, yes, ma'am. It been five years. She say, that's a shame. You just go and get your things right now. Here it is, Christmas. Go get your things. You can stay all day. For all day, I don't need nothing but what I got on, I say. Fine, she say. Fine. Well, get in. Well, say Sophia, I was so used to sitting up there next to her, teaching her how to drive, that I just naturally clammed onto the front seat. She stood outside on her side of the car, clearing her throat. Finally, she say, Sophia, with a little laugh, this is the South. Yes, ma'am, I say. She clear her throat, laugh some more. Look where you're sitting, she say. I'm sitting where I always sit. I say, that's the problem, she say. Have you ever seen a white person and a colored person sitting side by side in a car when one of them wasn't showing the other how to drive it or how to clean it? I got out the car, opened the back door, and clammed in. She sat down up front. All of us traveled down the road, Miss Millie hair blowing all out the window. It's real pretty country out this way, she say, when we hit the Marshall County Road coming toward Od coming toward Odessa's house. Yes, ma'am, I say. Then us pull into the yard and all the children come crowding round the car. Nobody told them I was coming, so they don't know who I is, except the oldest two. They fall on me and hug me, and then all the little ones start to hug me too. I don't think they even noticed I was sitting in the back of the car. 
Odessa and Jack come out after I was out, so they didn't see it. Us all stand round, kissing and hugging each other. Miss Millie just watching. Finally, she lean out the window and say, Sophia, you only got the rest of the day. I'll be back to pick you up at five o'clock. The children was all pulling me into the house. So, so sort of over my shoulder, I say, yes, ma'am. And I thought I heard her drive off. But 15 minutes later, Marion says, that white lady's still out there. Maybe she going to wait to take you back, say Jack. Maybe she's sick, say Odessa. You always say how sickly they is. I go out to the car, say Sophia, and guess what the matter is? The matter is she don't know how to do nothing but go forward, and Jack and Odessa yard too full of trees for that. Sophia, she say, how you back this thing up? I lean over the car window and try to show her which way to move the gears. But she flustered and all the children and Odessa and Jack all standing round the porch watching her. I go round on the other side, try to explain with my head poked through that window. She's stripping gears aplenty by now. Plus her nose red and she looked mad and frustrated both. I clam into the back seat, lean over the back of the front, steady trying to show her how to operate the gears. Nothing happened. Finally, the, the car stopped making any sound. Engine dead. Don't worry, I say. Odessa's husband, Jack, will drive you home. That's his pickup right there. Oh, she say, I, I couldn't ride in a pickup with a strange colored man. I'll ask Odessa to squeeze in too, I say. That would give me a chance to spend a little time with the children, I thought. But she say, no, I, I don't know her either. So it end up with me and Jack driving her back home in the pickup, then Jack driving me to town to get a mechanic, and at five o'clock, I was driving Miss Millie's car back to her house. I spent 15 minutes with my children, and she'd been going on for months about how grateful I is. White folks is a miracle of affliction, say Sophia. And that is the conclusion of part one of Alice Walker's fantastic novel, The Color Purple, here at Carla Reads the Classics. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, if you have questions or suggestions, you can write to me at carlareadstheclassics at gmail.com. If you are feeling at all generous today, no amount too small, you will find the Cash App and the PayPal addresses in the episode details. I also invite you to please answer the questions in the Q&A or to, and or to answer the poll uh, with your suggestions of what you'd like to hear in future here at Carla Reads the Classics. Again, thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Mm-hmm.